Prayer is very important in the life of a believer. Through it, we communicate to our Lord our problems, our weaknesses, and we ask to receive provision and help in our times of need. However, how do we get God to move on our behalf? Is it accomplished by making an emotional appeal, trying to gain his sympathy, or do we endlessly beg until we have a dry mouth? The Bible encourages us that God is always willing to help his children, but we have to learn how to properly ask to receive from him. It's all done through the heavenly legal process. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Paradigm Switch, where we discuss modern-day problems for modern-day Christians. By sharing our personal triumphs and struggles in our faith walk, we hope to offer encouragement for you to continue yours. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order to be different, we first have to think different. We hope you enjoy the episode. Well, hello, everybody. You are listening to The Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters. Here, we like to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and think right side up. Remember, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, like, follow, and share. And we are on all the podcast listening platforms, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Please subscribe to us so you can get the latest (laughs) ding. (laughs) I put that on here. That is new. (laughs) I get the latest ding to let you know when we have dropped a new episode. And if you don't know already, we drop a new episode every Thursday. So please stay tuned for our episodes. And I am one of the co-hosts here. I am Avon. And I am Alex. I was literally about to say I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're me. I'm, I mean, uh, I'm looking at you. So it was, it was. <laughs> can you imagine what would happen if we traded places for the day? I think that would be kind of hard. You'd have I, to I, work with COVID every day, and I would have to do strange things with technology that I don't know anything our about. Our fields are totally different. Well, we would not be able to function what, whatsoever, because you work in science, of which I have no <laughs> comprehension of science. I struggled with basic biology. Chemistry was okay because it had a lot of math, and I was good with math, but just the concept of science and stuff. I still remember in college when they were going over evolution and I was like, I'm sorry, I, I can't understand this whatsoever. Uh, and, and the person laughed, the teacher laughed and I just said, look, I'm, my life is just simple. Jesus made it. That's how it is. I'm moving on. <laughs> I, uh, I can't remember when you told me you were making leaf drawings in lab. Yeah. I, oh, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. It's just, it's just not me. Bless God for everyone who's into science, but I just can't do it. That's just not not for me. But what is for me is discussing the Word of God. That is something I'm really good at because I love discussing the Word of God. And today's episode, I'm really excited to talk about because we're discussing prayer. And anyone who has listened to our podcast has learned that prayer is kind of a section that I have always struggled with in the sense of doing it, and then one, doing it for a very long time. My prayers are usually cut short and sweet and to the point. Um, Alex prays a little bit more than I do. He spends more time in prayer than I do. And I have other friends who spend like two hours in praying. And I've always struggled in the area of praying. I don't know how you do with praying besides that you you do a bit more than I do or did. I mean, it's just, it's just a, a habit that you get into starting, you know, when I came to the faith and even before that, when I, when I was like a pseudo-Christian and I, I knew of my head but not really my heart, I still prayed anyway because mm-hmm. it was just the thing that grew up with and that stayed with me. You know, good habits start young even if you don't fully believe in it the way maybe you should, but yeah. that just carries over. And 
And, and I just think for me anyway, prayer is like so important because it's the way I remain anchored to God throughout the day. And, and I don't know what I would do without that. It would be really bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I have found that myself. And lately, just as a testimony to give my life, just an update on like what's going on with Avon. You know, I have actually been praying a lot more. Daily. Oh. oh. Daily. Oh. <laughs> it is not every other day or every two days. Because <laughs> I, to me, I really love soaking in the word of God. I love soaking in knowledge. I love reading. I love listening to other podcasts and other sermons of the word of God. I love just soaking in that knowledge. But like you said, prayer really does. And I have found that in doing this daily, I have found myself a lot more centered and a lot more anchored um, and connected with the Holy Ghost to make decisions and to be on my toes in my everyday life. So today's topic is like you said, the end of last episode, at first I titled this, God is legal and not emotional, but we're just gonna go with, you know, the power of prayer and just understanding prayer. And today we're discussing prayer in the sense of how God answers them that enable you to be more confident when you pray. This is probably going to be a two-part episode, and I'll get to that a little bit in a moment of why it's going to be two-part. And I want to build up really that part of the confidence behind prayer, because I think that's why I struggled with prayer, is because I really didn't have confidence behind my prayers in the sense of really, truly believing God is going to answer those prayers and how to get God to answer those prayers. And before I go into my thoughts, what are your thoughts on how to get God to answer your prayers? That's an interesting question, um, and I think there's a several factors that go into this. The first is to ensure my motives are pure. So last week, you know, we talked about the scripture in James 4, where it says you ask, but you do so out of selfish motives. So you can't do that if you expect your prayers to be answered um, I think the second thing is you have to make sure that you're right with God when you come before him. So if you are in sin, I mean, that blocks his ability to do anything for you. Oh, we might, so. we might need to do a pause right there because that's, that's, a, that's a very true statement of make sure you are right with God. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go before him and you've been out sleeping around with women or engaging in some other types of sin, uh, yeah, I think that's a problem. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to listen to you if you're living in opposition to him. So, and it's not just sex, all the other, sins. all the other stuff too: lying, greed, stealing, uh, murder. Uh, hopefully you're not doing that. Um, dishonoring your parents. Ooh. Uh, yes. Unforgiveness against other people. Uh, just being angry all the Gossiper. time, gossiping about people, slandering libel. If you're writing in the newspaper, yeah, all these things. Uh, are going to cause uh, interference between you and God when you're trying to pray. And I could certainly say in my own life, there have been times where I've struggled with sin. And certainly during those uh, times, um, my prayers are very, you know, if you feel that your relationship with God is strained. Mm -hmm. You feel that in your soul, you know that it's uh, having problems and you have to just go before him and and. Really just say, God, I, I confess that I have done X, Y, Z, and I I really want to turn away from this. I don't want to struggle with this any longer, and I just pray for repentance, Lord. And, and I personally, at that point, just think I just have to get that off my chest, and that's yeah. about about it. And then, you know, I can go the next <laughs> day, and, and we're not having problems, so then we can go to God and be like, okay, yeah, yeah. We're, we're okay now, but... <laughs> This is important. No, this is important in all seriousness. If you do come before God, you need to do it 
when you're clean, you can't, you can't be having all these sins that you're engaging in and go before him. That that's not right. And, um, other thing is when you're really praying for something, uh, pray without ceasing. And Paul tells us that to pray without ceasing Mm -hmm. and you go before him every day and, and say, Lord, I am, you know, really hoping for whatever this is. And I hope that this is your, I, I pray that you will grant me this if it is in your will. And I pray that, you know, this will be done soon, but mm-hmm. in your timing, uh, because that's more uh, perfect than mine. So things of that nature. How about you? So growing up, um, I was always taught when you pray to get God to answer, of course, you need to pray in Jesus's name because we don't come to God on our own because, you know, we can't achieve anything to come boldly in, or, you know, in our own name because, you know, our, you know, man was lost. So we come in Jesus's name because he's the one who qualifies us to be able to come to come to God and to even ask anything. Um, and then from there, you had to have faith to receive, you know, believe that God heard your prayer in order to receive the answer. You know, Jesus said, you know, believe that you receive. Along with that, I was always taught, oh, I always thought, you know, for, to get God to answer, it was, it kind of felt like kind of like a gamble, at least a little bit, just like, I hope I did it right, kind of kind of thing of, you know, I hope, you know, I guess I didn't really have confidence behind it. Whether it was a time in my life, like you said, where I was kind of going off the deep end and getting involved in some things I shouldn't have. And so it blocked, you know, creating some interference, spiritual interference. We should, we should do an episode on that, like with that title, spiritual interference. Spiritual interference. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Right? Maybe that in one... our October series yeah. for Halloween. Spiritual yeah. interference. It's always interesting to talk about the supernatural in October. Exactly. So um, maybe, you know, whatever I did, wherever it was, I really didn't have confidence in my prayers. And I thank God within the last little bit that, in my quest, because I really wanted to improve on this because, you know, I really wanted my prayer life to grow and become better, that God has answered my prayers and has given me the knowledge to learn more about praying. And so I just I just wanted to do this episode to kind of share these things with people. And did you have a, I wanted to ask just to be light for the moment, did you have like a testimony of like one thing that you prayed for that just still amazes you that God came through with it? There's nothing light about this, but yes, um, I think I've told the audience about how I struggled to find employment coming out of my PhD, and it, and it felt like the black hole of financial oblivion was looming. Yeah, and I had been sending out, you know, uh, dozens and dozens of applications. Nobody would hire me because in my industry, they want experience. They don't want some wet behind the ears person coming out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and being on the other side of the fence, I understand now, you know, it's hard to train people. It takes a long time, and they just want people who can hit the ground running. But this has been very hard, and it's been going on for months and months and months. And I went to a job fair in Rockville, uh, well, this place. I went to a job fair uh, once, and I remember being told that I was overqualified for any of the positions that particular company was yeah. hiring for. And I went out in my car, and I was overwhelmed and it felt like I was at the breaking point because I had at the time, you know, I, I believed that God was going to take care of me. And I thought that getting an employment, I thought this was a genuine need because I wouldn't be able to survive in this area without that. Right. And so you, you need to be able to afford or, or to, to have a way to make income so that you can make ends meet. And I just was like in my car and I'm like, God, I'm like at the end of my rope here, I have been trusting you and trusting you and, and nobody wants me. And, you know, 
I need you to bake away because I can't yeah. I can't do this. And I was I was uh, very you know crying a little bit. It's, it's not good. And I get home and I'm so exhausted and emotionally drained. And, and everybody is telling me I had to settle for this other thing that that I knew was not going to be good. And everyone was telling me I was just going to have to settle. And I'm like, do I really? Is that really, you know, the plan all this time, all this school, all this putting off everything else in life, Mm -hmm. because this is the way God wanted me to walk. And, and at the end of it, it's going to be this, Yeah, like that can't, that can't be. And then I opened up my email and I got a job offer. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's for me, the, the amazing prayer that got answered. I think for me, and I've shared it before, um, really is, uh, the first, my first Muay Thai fight. I mean, that one for me was like, God came through with that one. That was a close one. Yeah. Because not only with that, because, uh, the opponent that I fought, he had just beaten my, my teammate. So he had experience. And then he, at the, uh, he was very athletic. Like he had muscles on top of muscles. Like he was just a very tough guy. Still to this day, a very tough competitor. And I remember I was praying to God, like, Lord, you know, I'm stepping out in here. Like I pray, Lord God, that I win. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose. I want to win <laughs> and stuff. And so I got out there and you know, I won and it still blows my mind when I think about it. Cause it was a, it was a split decision. And I remember, I remember standing there thinking, Oh no, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win. And then when they said in the blue corner, I was like, Oh my God, that's me. <laughs> and I jumped up and started, uh, just like. Uh, clapping yeah. and making a total fool of myself. <laughs> oh, I made really a fool good. of myself because when I look at the footage, yeah. I am like jumping all over the place. But, you know, I was so glad because to me it was like God answered my prayers. And there's nothing more exciting to have God answer your prayers. And that's the reason why we go to God is because we're seeking him for help in a situation and stuff. So that's why I want to discuss kind of like how to get God to answer prayers or what is it about praying that gets God to answer those prayers? So let's first kind of talk about what is prayer. You know, most people, most times people say, you know, prayer is talking to God or your communication with God, which I agree because I do that. I tell God about my day all the time. I tell him how I feel. I tell him what I think in all amounts of time in the city, like in the moment. Yeah, I do that I'll, too. I'll be like walking somewhere. I'll be like, God, look what that person's wearing. Like I, <laughs> like I am always in communication with God. I'm always fellowshiping with God. I'm always like thanking him. Like I'll just bust out in the song sometimes. Like I'm always just in that kind of prayer um, mindset of communicating with God. And prayer is more than just venting to God, you know, your thoughts and your feeling. It's seeking God for help and provision. You and, know, so I, I think it's it's a little more than that too. So you know, prayer is uh, the way to commune with him as a believer. And I look at it as there's typically, you know, four things that I'll do in my evening prayers, which are, as I say, more formal yeah. than in the, the in the day where it's like, God, you know, this is what's happening. And man, man, look at this. But um, or, or thank you for whatever happened that day. So that's good. But yes, four things. So the first thing I'll do is I'll praise him mm-hmm. because you can use uh, prayer as a, as a vehicle of just worshiping him, praising him. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, if you got to confess your sins to him, you should do that. Yeah. Uh, then it's important to give Thanksgiving and, and Paul writes about that, you know, coming before him with prayers and petitions and Thanksgiving. So very important to thank him for what he has blessed you with and for what the good things are going on in your life. And then at the end, you can hold in prayer requests to him and asking for help for you or help for other, on the behalf of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how, and then uh, ended in, in praying in Jesus' name. Cause as you said, you know, 
we can't do anything on our own, mm-hmm. but, but Jesus does, uh, you know, talk, uh, he, he's there to intercede on our behalf. So Exactly. And I really like that you brought so. that, that difference of, you know, kind of formal and informal kind of prayer. I kind of, you know, I, had, I didn't struggle with that, the informal style mm-hmm. of praying. My, my struggle was always kind of the more formal um, praying. I know some people like to pray getting on their knees or, you know, like that. I kind of, I like to lay on my couch. So, so, so I understand the knees thing. This is something I've been doing more of because at nighttime, if I just am lying still, mm-hmm. as bad as it sounds, you I fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> you know what? Peter did this. The disciples did this. So I guess I'm in good company. But, yeah. <laughs> but, the go, but also, it's also a, a declaration of you're in reverence of, of the Lord. You're dropping to your knees. He's the king. You know, you're on your knees before him. So I think that that helps to show reverence for him. Uh, which is certainly important because this is the king of the universe you're talking to. You, that is you, true. you better be respectful. That is true. I might need to implement that. I never thought about it that way. I might need to implement that. Um, but, you know, I think there's a difference in praying to have your daily, you know, to have a daily connection and then praying for a situation. That's more I want to talk about. It's like when you yeah, have a situation so. or a problem that has arisen in your life. Um, and the thing is that prayer is also known as petitioning. And petitioning is a legal term. And the definition for petition is a request to do something most commonly addressed to a government official or a public entity. Now, when we are addressed, we, when we pray, we are addressing the governmental system of the kingdom of God. Like you said, conversing and communicating with the king of the universe, a government system. So the paradigm, the paradigm switch thought for today is God answers out of legal obligation or legal um, means rather than emotionally reacting. Now, this isn't like set in stone, like this is the only way. This is just kind of another way to see it or another way to think about it, that God is answering prayers answer, or answers prayers out of more of a legal obligation or out of a legal system rather than emotionally reacting. Because think about it. All religions pray. Yeah, they do. They're all trying to seek a method wow. to get their deity... Well, I don't know about Buddhism. Well, I don't know about that one. Well, but yeah, a, a lot, lot of all the other How ones. about I say a lot of religions? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of religions pray. They're trying to, you know, use some kind of method to get their deity to move on their behalf. Some chant, hum, meditate. The older kind of pagan religions, they would actually cut themselves, you know, um, sacrifice their own blood or even sacrifice their own children of which God told the Israelites to completely stay away from yeah. of sacrificing their children in the fire to receive answers from their deity. And the things they would ask for is like for their crops to grow successfully or to gain some kind of power or status or something over their enemies. And even though Christians are coming to the true God, we kind of do kind of the same practices in the sense of trying to do something to appease our God, to get him to move on a behalf out of kind of like emotional reaction. And I say this because in church, you know, like, like I'll repeat again. So people don't think I'm twisting some things. I'm saying we are as Christians coming to the true God, but I think our approaches sometimes is trying to use the same kind of means of trying to, trying to get God to move and try to get him to, you know, appease him like they were trying to do because the pagans, they were trying to do something or to provide some kind of sacrifice to appease their deity. And I'm saying that in quotations, their deity to move on their behalf and Christians need to be careful that they're not operating that same way. Cause I've seen in churches where a person will use emotional manipulation in the sense of, Oh, 
I'm just going to cry unto the Lord. And, you know, he certainly is going to move because I cried or because I was, snot, you know, as my dad would say, sling and snot. <laughs> <laughs> Surely God has gained my compassion. And I was wailing on the floor and I did all these things to try to get him to move. Or I try to do the works of the flesh of I walked 10 ladies across the street and I did this and I did this. And so now God definitely is going to now move on my behalf. All and then there's those people who try to like cut the deal with God. They're exactly. like, if you do this for me, I will refrain from blah, blah, blah. Or I will go out and do give X amount of money to blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah, and no, usually no. with that kind of um, bargaining chip, it's always God, you move first, then I'll do it. It's not first, I'll do this, and then I'll see you move. Because <laughs> yeah. I've seen that happen, and then they back out of it as soon as they get what they want. Of course they do. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, that's the flesh for you. Exactly. So I like I said, like the thought of today is seeing that God answers things more out of a legal system, like how we have things on earth. And there's a scripture uh, in Luke 18, 1 through 8, I want to, want to kind of take a look at and just to kind of give some reference to this situation. Jesus is talking about a widow coming to an unjust judge and trying to say that this widow is coming to the judge to try to receive something. There's trying to receive justice that she is being opposed to. Now, remember, a widow isn't just a noun back in that time. A widow was kind of like your social status that you had. It was a very low social status in the sense that you had no husband to speak on your behalf. You had no children. And then I think also this person, this widow had no children whatsoever or in the sense of a son to speak or take care of her. So she was completely someone who was helpless and vulnerable to the system. So Alex, did you want to read that for me? Sure. And this is in Luke 18, the NIV version. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not care what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So as we see in this parable, there are a lot of legal terms being used. We see justice, we see judge, and these are legal things. And there's, um, in the version I read originally, um, there was the word plea. These are terms usually used in a court system of a legal system that we have. And like a court system, I mean, like a legal court system where, you know, these are, that is a, that is a process legally, not an emotional situation. And as Jesus said, he was teaching them this in order for them to see that when you pray, you should have the same attitude. And it's a contrast that this person went through this much effort to receive their requests made right, or the, for them to receive the request, it will be that much better when they are coming to God with their legal requests. So what do you think so far when I'm talking about this legal kind of system in approaching God with prayer? I mean, I think that this seems to make sense. Um, this is a good parable to, to see, you know, that the judge gave justice despite not caring because the person was persistent. Uh, and, and it goes back to that about uh, that uh, point about praying without ceasing, mm -hmm. you know, like pray, pray, pray. And 
you know, maybe God, you know, he'll come through. Yeah, well, this, yeah, and this person was determined to come through. And Jesus is using this as a as a contrast to say, if that person who is ungodly, un, you know, just an unjust judge who doesn't believe in God and hates people, but that widow was able to win her case because she had a legal, she had something legal in her hand that the that the unjust judge could not ignore, could not ignore, would not God, who is a God of justice, do the same thing for us, for his children, to do what is right for us. Like a court, there are two components involved, the judge and the person. In prayer, there are two key players involved, God and man. And today, that's why I say it's going to be a two-part series, because today I really wanted to focus on the component of God. And I want to talk about who God is in the prayer system or in the prayer process. Today's world always wants to bring Jesus to the level of saying he's a buddy, he's a friend, and make him seem very personable, which is very nice. But Jesus is king of the universe. John 1 and 3 says, all things were made by him. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him, nothing, not even one thing was made. It came into being. So Jesus is, is not just your buddy, not just a friend, just some cool guy that you pray to. You really have to see him for who he is, as king of the universe. You have to change your perception that he's not, you know, baby in the manger. He is king, resurrected king of the universe. And this is where it kind of gets a little bit into history lessons a little bit. The title king is a political position. We can both agree on that. That's a political position. You have a smirk on your face. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. yeah no, okay. it, <laughs> when you get that person. smirk on your face, it kind of makes me nervous because I know you for years <laughs> when you get that smirk on your face. Okay. So the title king is a political position. Kings are the authority factor in their domain. Yeah. The king of England has no authority in France, vice versa. John 18, 36, Jesus makes the declaration, you know, saying that he's king. So God is, God is king, a.k.a. Lord, which means owner. He owns everything in his territory. So you have to understand that within his domain and within his territory, a king owns everything within their territory. So essentially, since God is king or he identifies himself as a king or as a Lord, he owns everything in his domain. Do you have Psalms 24 uh, one up for me? So I do have Psalm 24, 1 up, and that says, uh, it's a Psalm of David, uh, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Yeah. So God owns everything. I just want, you know, this is a little background history about kings and mixing it in. God own, owns everything by, a, by legal kingdom rights. He owns everything. And that includes the earth where we live at, because he owns everything, not only through legal, legal rights, because he's the owner, but... Creative rights, because he's created all things. He owns it creatively, because he's created everything. So God's dominion as king is over all existence, both seen and unseen. Now, one thing to understand about kings, because we're talking about the prayer process. And so if you're praying to this king, who is God, the king of the universe, you need to understand something a little bit about how kings operate and all that kind of stuff. Kings operate on law and order laws within a kingdom are based around the words of a king. Whatever the king says becomes law. What, um, for example, in Daniel, the even the evil men that try to set up Daniel and frame him and everything, they try to, that's what they did. They got the king to make a decree, to make a law that, you know, they don't bow down to this statue of you, you know, whoever doesn't do this, you know, is going to get in trouble. And that's essentially what they did to set up Daniel and the lion's den and all that kind of stuff to frame him. And they did the same thing with um Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The same kind of thing of get the king to make a decree to say something because once a king says something, he can't take it back. And then it becomes law over all his territory, over all his land. So that's something to understand about the word of a king and how powerful it is. 
This is why the word of God is critical. It's important because God's word is law over all existence, and God's law is in effect over all of his domain. That's why I brought up the point that the king of England's word would have no, no relevance in France because mm-hmm. that's not his dominion. Right. It has, no, it has no purpose over there. And to learn what, that's why the word of God is important, to learn what he has promised to you and what is legally yours as a citizen of his kingdom. So as a child of God, we have citizen rights. We have kingdom rights that we are privy to. And so this is why it's important for you to learn the words or the, the laws of your master, the king of the universe, in order for you to make your plea before the throne. You ever heard the expression, uh, let's go before the throne, like for prayer? Yes, yes. So essentially, that's essentially what you're doing, coming before the king of the universe, the throne, to make your petitions, as it says in Hebrews 4, 16, you know, let us come boldly to the throne of grace so that we might find help and to make our requests known and all that kind of stuff. And we're going over this to understand and have a paradigm switch to view and approach God during prayer. If you just view God as your body, uh, as your buddy, you will pray to him and ask him like he's your friend. Like, you know, like I'm talking to you. Hey, yo, Alex, can you do me this favor? Like, <laughs> and if you say no, I might try some manipulation and trying to cry or appease you or try to do some extra works to get you to move and stuff in the sense of feeling like, okay, because I did this to you, now you owe me. Like, because I bought you some cookies, now you owe me to do me this favor. You know, that sounds really just arrogant to think that you could pull one over and manipulate god like i think we do it i think we do it i think we do it unknowingly Uh, i think we do it that also sounds really really bad and (laughs) sometimes i do it because (laughs) i'll be real you know we mean you are always real on the show i'll be real i have sometimes in the past said when i'm praying for something and be like god you should do this i've been faithful i've done this and i've done that and god's and i've heard the holy ghost say you've done what <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know try to give god my resume he's like let's really reveal your resume like like you know what i'm saying it's you know try to manipulate god in the sense of like you owe me this and that's never going to work god doesn't move by any stuff like that, by any kind of manipulation, God cannot be manipulated. He cannot be harassed. He can't be, you know, anything like that. But I truly believe because of, like, I've went over God being a king and these factors of this lesson of learning about kings and kingdoms that God does things out of legal obligations or you could say a legality stance of his word. Because in Isaiah 43, 26, it talks about that God watches over his word because as a king, he knows he can't take it back. And as a king, he has to protect his word. One thing about kings to understand is that they are very adamant to keep a good reputation that they are a person that honors their word. And that's what man does. Surely God will protect his word a hundred times more than man will. So like it says in Isaiah 43 and 6, that God watches over his word and a king is actually bound to his word. There are some heavenly legal promises and rights that God has made to you, to you, me, to all of our Christian brothers and sisters that we need to claim from the kingdom. That This is why Jesus says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these things that we're always trying to go to God and ask for, learn more Learn more about the kingdom and the things that are yours as his child and as his citizen of his kingdom, and they will be yours. Once you learn what is yours as a heavenly citizen, then you will be able to claim it and it shall be added unto you. Prayer is essentially you petitioning God to fulfill what he has already promised. So to me, that's already a mind-blowing thought. Because when you pray, you're bringing a lot of things in the sense of like, kind of like, 
God has not promised you he would do this, but you're not really bringing to God what you, what he has promised. That's what I'm saying. A coming legality of God. You said you would do this. So I'm holding you to your word that you do this because your word says so. You've already promised that you would do this. So I'm holding you to your word as king of the universe. You have a legal obligation to do this. Interesting. What? Say your opinion. No, I mean, it, it just, yeah, you have to know what is promised to you as a citizen of heaven. And I suppose, I, <laughs> I suppose that, you know, I, I don't, I'm not the master of scripture by any means. So I think, you know, that's why it's important to be in the word so you can understand these things. And, and I guess certainly one way to look at it is, you know, this is, this is the, the rule book. And you've <laughs> got to go in here and, and learn about, you know, when you're a citizen, study the country that you're trying to be a part of. And mm-hmm. in this case, it's studying the Bible because you're becoming a part of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven and leaving the kingdom of darkness, which is the earth. So, I mean, that's a good way of thinking of it. And then, you know, it. I guess that even makes it more sense, right? Because some people will be like, oh, there's this big book. I'm a bit intimidated by it. And what, what does it, what's really in there? And, and if you think of it as, well, this is what you need to understand your citizenship. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a successful citizen and thrive in this new place you've chosen to move to, that's why you should read it. Exactly. It gives it more of a less, less abstract and more concrete reasons. Why you need to be in the word. I know I didn't give you the scripture earlier, but there's a scripture, I believe it's in Ephesians 2, 13. And let's go over that. Okay. On the fly here. Yeah, on the fly. Two, two, three. Just bring up the whole second chapter and I'm going to. Ephesians 2. Okay. It says something about consequently. I believe it's around the 13th chapter. Consequently. uh, Yes. So Uh, this is to prove to people because some people might be saying, okay, Avon, you keep talking about this kingdom thing and you keep saying I'm a citizen in the kingdom of God. But where does it really say that? So right, this is Ephesians two verse nineteen, which says, "Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of His household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, which Christ Jesus Himself is the chief cornerstone. In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit." Read that nineteen verse one more time. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Okay, let's stop right there. Let's fellow citizens of God's people. Let's stop right there. Foreigners and strangers. Now, other versions, now the version I read actually says the word aliens. And now, and you know, this is a hot topic in our society that always wants to talk about illegal aliens or illegal citizens and all that kind of stuff. So what that's essentially saying is that what's the big deal about that of being foreigners and an alien and all that kind of stuff? The thing is, is that for a country, a foreigner has no rights within that country to claim anything that the citizens are privy to. They have no, they have no legal standing to ask for them for different things that you would appeal to the government that says, you know, I'm a U.S. citizen, so I'm do this, or I'm a U.S. citizen, so I have this right. A foreigner doesn't have those same rights as a, as a citizen of a specific country. So the same way how we have that here in our world and in our government system, God has that same thing of foreigners do not have that same access. Now these foreigners are people who are unbelievers. Yes. We who are believers in Christ Jesus have now been added or now Christian or now citizens inside this kingdom where we now have legal standing within God's kingdom, like a country to ask for certain privileges and ask for things that are due for us because we are citizens of his kingdom. 
So there's your proof right there for anyone who doesn't doubt, who doubt it, the whole thing about the citizen of the kingdom of God. Because I, I had the conversation with somebody and someone didn't believe me. And so like, I just want to use for an example, you know, in Exodus three, when God tells Moses, you know, he comes to, you know, comes to set them free and all this kind of stuff, tells Moses like, hey, I'm here to set the people free. You know, personally, I don't, I don't see this as God did this out of any emotional sympathies. You know, God probably did feel sorry for them because, you know, God loves everyone and God definitely cared about the Israelites. But God had a contract or a legal obligation that he had to uphold and he had to keep his promise that he had with Abraham. He told Abraham, your descendants will be great. Your descendants, your descendants will have a nation and your descendants will only be in Egypt for a certain amount of time. So God had a legal promise because everything that comes out his mouth is legally binding that God had to go and set those people free because God had a situation. Hey, I'm legally contracted to take care of these Israelites. So I have to go and set them free. Yeah. And it's, and it, he, he will follow through with that. He's not like these corrupt judges that sometimes occur uh, here on earth, uh, when they get paid X amount of dollars to look the other way with certain cases or whatever, uh, God doesn't do that. God is perfect. God mm -hmm. is is just, so he will follow through. And, and I see here you say Jeremiah one twelve is the verse to look at here, which says, um, the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Exactly. That God is a person who honors his word. He's never going to, you know, say one thing and then be like, well, you know, I changed my mind. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God's promises, you know, like I said, this is why we have, like, Jesus made the parable of saying, this is why you should never quit praying. You know, God's promises don't just happen in our life. James says you have not because you ask not. You need to ask for the things that, you know, that that God promises to his believers. You need to go to him and say, hey, God, you promised that all my needs are going to be met. That is your promise for your citizens. So I'm standing upon your word that I believe that I receive your promises coming into my life. And another scripture to squash the possibility of a passive attitude, you know, just saying, you know, well, whatever will be, will be. Jesus. <laughs> oh, is that, a, is, a, is that aimed at me? No, it's not. I actually wasn't thinking about you when I said that. <laughs> now I am, but... <laughs> Jesus said the kingdom of God has suffered violence and the violent taken if by force. He's not talking about getting in some physical fights with people, but he's talking about an attitude that one person has to have to have the things that are out there for God's people because we have a whole kingdom of darkness that's fighting us, fighting against us to make sure we don't receive God's good and precious promises for us as kingdom citizens. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. Have, you know, these things of God's promises don't just magically appear in our life that we have to take a stance and come to God's courtroom, essentially his throne and say, Hey God, you owe me like, not so much you owe me this, but this is mine because of who I am in Christ as a citizen in your kingdom. And the reason why I, I, you know, I wrote this down, the reason why I brought up the information of domain is because God as the ultimate is the ultimate authority over existence and his word, his promises for his children and his citizen supersedes all powers and all other authorities out there. Psalms 103 says the Lord has established his throne, his authority in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all the universe. So that's, I don't, that's Psalm 103, 19, by the way. What did I say? You just left the chapter oh, no verse. Be sorry. more specific here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So you know, yes, be more specific. Yes. So you know what's out there. So this is, to me, this is saying that God is saying my authority, Authority and my kingdom and the rules of my kingdom for my people, it supersedes all other worldly authorities and other powers that are out there. So my word supersedes or overrules whatever people might say about you, what other kingdoms or 
powers might want to put on you. And I reference this because, you know, it always, I always laugh because God brought this to my attention when I was reading it. And it makes me laugh, you know, um, you know, when Pharaoh, Pharaoh's title was he's king of Egypt. Right. So his domain was limited to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And when Moses showed up, he, Moses basically said, the Lord, the owner says, this is what you're supposed to do. God didn't give no limit to his dominion. He says, I own everything. <laughs> I own everything. The real owner is here. And the real owner has said, these people are leaving. So God's word trumped what Pharaoh's plan was for those people. So like I said, the paradigm switch for today. Before you do that, yeah. though, just jumping in here at the moment while I'm thinking about this, you say sovereignty rules overall. So the kingdom of heaven, we've talked a whole lot about. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the kingdom of darkness now. That is here. That's earth. Mm-hmm. Like This is where the unbelievers are part of the kingdom of darkness. And we have to live here yeah. amongst the kingdom of darkness. It can be very difficult. Uh, but the part about his uh, Jesus is God's sovereignty ruling. You see this in Matthew 4 where Jesus is out in the wilderness and the kingdom that the king of darkness, Satan, comes to him and is trying to tempt him to defect and join the kingdom of darkness. Of course, Jesus says no. And then Jesus says, away from me, Satan. Yeah. He's commanding the king of darkness away in his own land. And the kingdom of darkness, king of darkness had to yield. Exactly. So that shows us that God, God's kingdom or God has ultimate authority over the kingdom of darkness. So as believers, we should not be fearing of like the changes we see in our world or the kind of pressures that are out there. All you need to do is find you a legal standing on what God has said. And that is your scripture to use for prayer to go to him and say, nope, I am not lost. I'm a citizen in the kingdom of God. Here's the precious, precious promise that is due to me as a kingdom, kingdom citizen. And I'm going to stand upon this and God's word triumphs over any word or power that might be in our world system today. And it might be hard because sometimes we have to wait for it to come to pass. That's why Jesus says to continuously pray, to continuously and never give up praying. Because if you, one thing about God, you put that pressure on him, you put that legal pressure on him, God's like, I can't, because God watches over his word and he watches over his reputation. You know how it always says, you know, in the name of the Lord, like this, that's another way of saying like on the reputation of God. And one thing about God, he's going to protect his reputation. Mm Mm-hmm. So, because like when Moses was praying for the children of Israel, uh, Israelites, when they were out there cutting up and Moses is like, Lord, remember your reputation is on the line. So if you out here and you just strike them all dead, your reputation around everything is going to be known for this. He does. He does do that. And I think in that passage, yeah, God was like, I'm so sick of these people. It's just Moses stand aside. I'm going to wipe them all out. Yeah. We could start over. And you're right. Moses is like, well, remember your covenant with Abraham. Exactly. Well, remember your here. legal standing. And you know what I'm saying? That got God where God was like, mm, you got me in a sense. Like I got a legal, I got a legal system where I got a legal, I wouldn't say a legal trap, but I, I am bound by my word to do something. And that's something interesting that God puts himself you know, limits himself and honors his word that we can trust him that much that God says, I'm going to honor my word so you can have confidence in me. And that's why I bring up this whole thing in prayer. So when you pray to God, have that confidence that, and that's why I really believe that, you know, every time you read in the New Testament, it says, when you pray, give thanks. When you pray, give thanks. Have Thanksgiving when you're praying. And I think the reason, one of the reasons why it says to give thanks is because you have this confidence when you pray, you have a legal standing with God in his courtroom to say, oh, my, my prayers are definitely answered because I have a legal standing on what God has said. 
I'm standing upon what God has said. And so I'll, I now I know that's why I'm saying prayer is essentially requesting God to fulfill the things he's already said. Not so much my bright ideas or whatever all the time. Sure. God honors, you know, when we say we need a car and all that kind of stuff, but I think so much is so much more better of coming to God. The things that he has already promised left God, you said, so I'm, I'm asking for you to honor the things that you have already said. Yeah. So just a paradigm switch in that and seeing it that way, instead of trying to do the whole manipulation thing, because I've done that. And when you're praying and you start crying and you're like, God feels sorry for me. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying, like how much do I have to cry to get you to feel sorry for me? And, and essentially that is not going to move God. That is not going to move God. Prayer is essentially praying God to fulfill what he has already promised. And when you approach God, remember you are speaking, who you're speaking to. And this is, like I said before, this generation wants to lower God's position and Remember who he is. He's king. He's ruler of the universe. His word is law and his word overrules over all other authority and powers that are out there. And I said in the beginning that prayer has two components of God, God's part and man's part. So we've gone kind of gone over God's part, God being, you know, the, the God's role in the prayer process that God is the, the person that's going to, you know, do his part legally, but it's time for us to know what is our part as well, which would have to be for another episode because we're running low on time. So All right. you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, I'm eager to to see next week. I want to hear more about this. I don't know if we're going to do it next week because remember, we got to start doing our um, October Halloween episode. So. Oh, well, we can't leave everyone hanging. Maybe, uh, well, we'll think about it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I just, I just really want to just drive in this factor because there's actually been a real revelation to me on praying. And this actually has boosted my confidence in praying. This is how I feel a lot more confident in my prayers because it's like, oh, it's, it's, I hate to say it. It's kind of like, oh, God, I got you. It's kind of like, it's, it's, it's kind of how I feel a little bit. It's like, oh, I got you. Like oh, you man. said you would do this. So I'm holding you to your word. And I talked about it last week in the sense that when I'm praying lately, um, I keep using the scripture of Jeremiah 33 and three, where, you know, Jesus, not, well, it is Jesus. God says, you know, call upon me and I will answer you. I will show you the, I will show you um, hidden things. I will show you these things. So I use that in my prayer life. God, you said it. You were, I, you know, in the, the verses before it, you know, God was boasting, saying, I am the Lord. There's none like me, all these kind of things. And I'm like, okay, you said you're all these things. And you said, if I ask you, you will show me. So I'm seeking you to give me direction for my life. So I use that scripture as my basis to be like, mm, gotcha. And so I stand upon, you know, stand upon that in that same attitude, like that widow we talked about in the parable, we need to have that same attitude in the sense of like, uh, uh, I am legally do this as a child of God through Jesus Christ, that you help me and that you bring me justice. And, the, and it says in that parable to say, would not God do so much more for his children who cry day and night and bring them justice? Or so much, sometimes we think justice is like, you know, at least for me, I think justice is like, you know, the other, like another person involved getting something bad done to them. No, justice is essentially you getting what's due yours as a citizen of that territory. So as a citizen of the kingdom of God, there are things that we are due as a citizen through the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to stop until I have received all of the promises that are mine. So I will be in God's face saying, gotcha. I <laughs> <laughs> hope that's not too arrogant. Oh, uh, man. Well, uh, hopefully. No, I mean, I, I get it. You know, you're, you are a citizen 
and God is bound by his word. Mm-hmm. And that is true. And, and it should bring you confidence to know that God is bound by his word and he yeah. honors his word. So when you have that prayer request, you're like, you said this. So now I have confidence in you. And the same thing like he did, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent, but, you know, the same thing like with Abraham and Sarah, God said, you know, I'm going to give you a child. So God had to work that out one way or another that he was powerful enough to fulfill what he promised. And God honored his word. They did not die until they received his promise. So no matter how long it takes, I am going to receive all that God has promised for me. But do you have anything else to add? No, I mean, I look forward, like I said, to the to the next few episodes here. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I might make everyone be suspenseful and wait till after our coming Halloween episode. So <laughs> everyone's going to have to hang on tight, hold on to their britches until we get there. Don't worry, though. In the interim, it will be very fascinating. Yeah, so. But I hope everyone enjoyed listening to the Paradigm Switch. Remember, we have our new episodes happening every Thursday, so stay tuned for next Thursday. We are the number one Christian podcast on Earth and Heaven's favorite podcasters. Tune in until next week. Thank you.